listen, honey. I just got the coolest news. So my producer really fell in love with our podcast that we had in the past with the Love Gurus. They were an amazing couple that talked to us about intimacy and um, how to... Tantric sex. Have tantric sex and make love in a much more therapeutic way. And so my producer, Annalise, decided to go to one of their goddess circles where they have a session with women and they connect on a deeper level and learn more about having this intimacy with each other, cupping your puss, the whole thing. And Annalise was in the goddess circle and she said, Jeannie, out of all of these women that were there, two of the women actually came to the circle because they had learned about the love gurus through your podcast. That's awesome. That's Which crazy. I just think is so cool. Thank yeah. you, Marav, and thank you, Dennis. Full circle. Full yeah. circle. Yeah. And I just, I guess that really means a lot to me because, A, I was really moved by the love gurus. I think they're thoroughly talented and they walk the walk. So to learn from them firsthandedly and see how it's um, transcended through their relationship, you know that you're taking something very authentic home to yourself or with your loved one. Number two, you just don't think that your podcast will actually influence somebody to get up get in their car, go drive, you know, to meet someone else and to release themselves trustingly into the hands of the love gurus because of our podcast. Like, you don't think that influence could be that transparent. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, and it's real life. It's like people are taking the podcast and like taking what you gift them into their real lives, yes. the applied living. Yeah, because when I listen, when I talk here on the podcast, the guests me and Dennis curate are because they have something interesting or something we don't know about or something we want to bring specifically to our audience because we it influenced us in some way. So to see you guys actually take from that, I read all of your DMs, by the way. Whenever you send me messages of where you're listening to your podcast, that's my favorite. When you guys are driving you know, or doing your makeup, and I always repost everything on my Instagram, that already means a lot. So for you guys to get up and go support our experts um, in their crafts, thank you for doing that. So welcome to Listen, Hanai, how you do? On the mics is Marav, my beautiful tech girl, assistant, <laughs> side chick, everything. Dennis, my brother, who brought me into the world of podcasts. Hey How are you guys, by the way? A little bit warm in, in the armpit. It's <laughs> real hot in here. <laughs> we call it the armpit because the studio is kept very warm. Yes. I think Annalise just wants us to stay here. She doesn't want us to leave. Maybe that's why. Coagulate, yeah. Yes, <laughs> just mush into each other like grilled cheese. But today's podcast, again, is a special one for the fam. You guys know I started this podcast to have more introspective questions with you guys, have a little bit more of a long-winded session of getting deep. And so I like to open up this moment to answer your questions. And so this is where Marav and I will open up the questions that you guys have sent me through the DMs. And let's just jump right into it because I want to talk to my fam. Feel good about that, guys? Okay, fine. So this first question comes from Boopity Boop. I'm not going to name these names so we can keep you know, people anonymous. But this question says, I'm an atheist, but I've fallen in love with a man who is very Christian. He's been very open and understanding of our differences, but I'm worried that the closer we get, the harder this will be. If we get married, have kids, will he want to raise them Christian? Am I getting ahead of myself here? Or can we still have shared values? Friend, boopity boop, as a woman who is divorced, I will absolutely say that faith or religion is definitely something that has to be spoken about or has to be planned out if you want to move forward in a relationship, right? So 
finances is the number one thing for divorce. Next is like problematic situations with family planning, that i.e. children, finances. And the third is religion. So I don't want you to get caught up in that web. And the one lesson I know that's super true is any problem you have in the dating phase is going to be magnified times 10 fucking million thousand when it comes to marriage. So you definitely are doing the right thing by presenting this question now. So I don't think there's anything wrong with people of different backgrounds blending. Although the Bible says that you need to be of equal yoke, that you have to be balanced, basically, that both people have to be equally yoked when it comes to their beliefs. I also know a lot of relationships that work well because of the way they place religion in their household. So I know couples where the husband may not be Christian, but he attends church with the wife because that's something that brings peace to her. And he doesn't mind sitting in church because he learns a good word, but he doesn't necessarily answer to Jesus. I also know couples who may not really believe in Jesus, but they really love the structure and the discipline of church. So they put their kids through um, uh, Christian schools and and have their kids go to church. And it just makes everybody feel good at the table together when they say grace, even though they really aren't practicing Christianity, but they want their kids to. I've seen all different types of dependencies on religion. What is important is for you. I know that being a Christian for me, um, it is customarily important to be able to talk about your faith, to be able to pray with your partner, to be able to understand what the Bible teaches and make some better choices versus the ratchet ones that you have in your mind. So if that's important to you and you need somebody to keep you um, accountable and help also someone you can, like your prayer partner that you can go to when life, you know, gets tough, who are you going to go to? I wouldn't really want to recommend you to go to your friends when you can't go to your man or your husband or your partner in life. So think about those things. If those things are really important in your walk with God, then you want to be able to go to your man so that you don't have to go to someone outside of your relationship to find that refuge, right? Because that can lend to lend to emotional cheating. It can also just remove him of something that super of it's a super structure inside of your relationship. Um, at the same time, if your faith is kind of like just to you and you don't really need it to be about anybody else and you're strong in your faith and 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 how he chooses to walk isn't going to influence you in any way then maybe you guys are going to be fine now that's that's so that's what's important first for your walk now when it comes to children later on you absolutely i don't care when you do it but you absolutely have to have that talk of when you plan how you plan to raise the kids because i mean i i know a person who is christian but his baby mama is a, 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 um, of Buddhist and she practices hardcore Buddhism. And so he's like, she's the mom. She's with the, the baby most of the time. As I just care that my daughter has a faith. So his daughter is Buddhist and he's Christian and he just loves that his daughter has a faith and, and, and respectfully, you know, understands religion. So it's to each his own, but you absolutely have the have the conversation and come to an agreement before you do any type of family planning or accidentally get pregnant, please. Does that make sense, guys? I know I ranted there, but that's an important no, one. No, it does make sense. Yeah. Well, right, yeah. Something about it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that more um, more marriage facts? Uh, yeah, Dennis yeah, has uh, been popping out with these marriage facts, Marav. Did you see it here? Yeah, I'm you fascinated by uh, people who still get married. And um, so, seventy-seven percent of people, about seventy percent of people, are more likely to choose someone that uh, is in their political party than in their same religious sect. so I think that makes sense. Well, and that's what I was going to say about... And like, it's only the 40% that go with like their faith. The religious. Yeah. Definitely. And like how you Which are... Which is still a large number. Yeah, and how you are, I'd say, about your faith 
if you're political if you are political about your religion oh yeah then it's bad you know like if 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 I'm a Jew and you're a Christian and we can coexist like we can have a beautiful love and have both faiths in our in our home but like when you're belief system you become political about it and you become like well mine's better or like your faith is bad because of x y and z or making assumptions about a faith that isn't your own like that's when it becomes sticky in the interfaith which is why talking about it like you said is the number one thing absolutely just talk about it because i think like some people just inherently care more it's a personality thing they care more about that than others yeah so you have to like you don't have to be the same religion or you don't even have to like uh, one person could be religious and the other person could just not be religious. It just depends on like your personality beyond your spirituality. Yeah. Sidebar question. I noticed that you called yourself the J word. And I just want to ask, is that something I can say or is it like the N word? Yeah. I feel like that's derogatory. Honestly, Jews have... A sense of humor. Of they course, do. no, I know, but yeah. I can't say that though. No, no, no. But I was going to say, Jews have a sense of humor about yeah. our own racism. Like, believe it or not, like, yeah, but I can't say it because I'm not Jewish, nor am I Jewish. You can't say that, but I'm just saying, like, if you called me a Jew, I wouldn't be offended. And I don't know a lot of Jews that that would, unless they could tell, so. I would unless never they could do tell it. that you would say you're Jew or like you stinky Jew. Like, if you say it like in a way like that, then it's like clearly there's some. There's I feel like it's the that. N-word. Unless you have had that experience, I don't think that word's meant for you. Unless okay, you're well, walking Jeannie, the you have permission to call me Jew if you want to. <laughs> oh, it's not going to happen. But still, said, but no, thank you for that permission. I feel no, like you're it's right. a gift. They have very good um, sense of like, deprecating humor, and they, yes. can, they can laugh at themselves. Yeah, they it's they a huge thing. Bother. Actually, I got yeah. into a fight with my uh, with my sidebar also from my friend's Jewish parents once because I asked him. I wanted to make a racist joke. I won't go into it. And I said, I said, are you guys offended by racist jokes? And my friend's mom goes, only if, yes, he does not like racist jokes, speaking about her husband. He only likes them if they're if they're racist against Jews because they are Jews. And it's like, okay, it's only okay to like make fun of ourselves. Oh. That kind of thing. Yes. That's true, that's true. I get it, mm-hmm. I get it. That's I the don't safe, know. that's the safe. Comment word. under this Instagram post if you agree that you can use the J word because I want to know from other Jewish people because I've heard from every Jew ish friend that they said it's okay for me to use it but I want to hear from some strangers because my friends would obviously be like girl go ahead I don't care you know yes, what I mean yes. like that's different so and we also want to know how many Jews love Jeannie Mai oh please so comment <laughs> at the Jeannie Mai T-H-E-J-E-A-N-N-I-E-M-A-I lots of J's in there thank you alright next question is how do you know it's time to change your career I'm 23 in law school have had this as my plan for years but I'm not sure that I'm happy but so many people would be let down, not to mention the insane amount of debt I've accrued. Is it ever too late? Should I just deal with it and trust that my love of this will return? I forget the exact statistic, but Marav, maybe you can help me out. The percentage of Americans that end up in a job that has nothing to do with their college degree. It's 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 pretty alarming. They get a degree and then they end up doing something different that yeah, doesn't have that anything has to nothing do. Yeah. to do with it. Yeah, I think over half. Right, more, maybe I, more. I don't know. We'll let Marav take a moment for that. But so, in mm-hmm. in saying this um, to my friend, let's call you Mumu. Mumu, first of all, at twenty three years old, right? You're still really young, and I don't know how far you've gone, gotten into your law, your your studies. And even though you've had this plan for years, 
I don't know what it is about your studies that's making you lose your passion. So what I would suggest is to get some type of internship or some type of shadowing project where you can be in a law office or be in the court of law. Because being in your desk and studying law is very different than actually seeing it in action, right? So when it comes to my, and I'm going to relate this just to what I'm doing, although law is very different from obviously what I'm practicing. I studied journalism in a community college. I also, um, uh, you know, um, practiced a little bit in, in, in my home, in my mirror, in order to have a camera presence. But it's nothing like actually doing auditions. It's nothing like actually doing small TV shows in my local community. So if I studied journalism and just sat there in class for four years, I actually would hate TV and I wouldn't be ready for it. And when I thought I was popping and fly as fuck, you know, in front of my mirror at home, I was not ready for what I learned in front of live cameras and the pressures of what happens in Hollywood. So it wasn't until I actually moved to L.A. and started auditioning and feeling the cutthroat um, expectation of casting directors and feeling how easily the, the network can slice you, dice you, turn you into what they want, how much comparison there is between me and the prettier, younger, skinnier model next to me. All these different things that play a role in whether or not I want to choose this career. And thankfully, I did because of being in the hands-on experience that made me realize, yo, I'm built for this. I can do this. And I'm different from all of these other women. And I feel confident about that. So I'm going to walk in my truth. And here I am today. So for you, I just wouldn't throw in the towel yet until you actually are in the environment of law and justice and attorneys and having someone to shadow. um, Because then you can get a breath of what it's really like there to see if you enjoy that environment. And then when it comes to law also, you know, is it sometimes if you're studying litigation, that's very different and draining than criminal law or, you know, there, there's different avenues that you can take if, if it's still just the justice system that you want to work for. So I hope that helps you out. Basically, I'm asking you to get some hands on experience and then travel within the realm of law to see which part of law, maybe it's family law that you want to study. The first guest that I had on my podcast, Marcy Levine, was my family attorney. And she does not not like law. She does not like litigation. She does not like criminal justice. But she loves helping families stay together or she loves figuring out how to set people on their next chapter in their lives. So family law is for her. But she hates every other part of law and she doesn't like lawyers. So you know what I mean? You might find that niche for you and you might need to be that bomb lawyer we have out there that is specific in that area that nobody else wants to serve. So I hope that helps. And the percentage uh, looks like roughly a third or around 27% of college graduates work in a field related to their major. Wow, a third. And that's a lot. A Imagine third, playing uh, so that's a third. So 70%, 70% do not. Yeah, 70% don't work in a field related yeah. to their studies. 66%, sorry. Wait, 66%. wait, wait. So uh, two thirds? A third do, do. work in mm-hmm. jobs. Holy shit. So 66%. And you said over half. Yeah, for sure. And, and you know, but there's... I got, I got... Go ahead. Oh, no, there's also just a nice little allegory allegory or uh, example is this uh, guy in San Diego named Shlomo who many listeners might know about because he's sort of infamous Uh, you can look him up on YouTube he goes uh, to the boardwalk down by the water and all he does is skate roller skate rollerblade and he's just this dude who spends all his free time rollerblading along the water and his his whole thing is he used to have like a really rigorous job and like a really intense career and he just one day decided to quit. I, I don't know if he got sick or what it was and just started 
rollerblading and just spending all his time rollerblading and his his famous quote when people are like why do you do this like what is like why did you change your life or whatever he said do what you like and so I think that that's a good guiding thing my dad actually says that to us all the time now because it's like it doesn't matter what you're doing now as long as you like it and it doesn't mean that you'll like it five years from now but five years from now you can do something else that you like I absolutely agree I also want to know how Shlomo is making money to Maybe himself to supplement that energy it takes to rollerblade down the fucking boardwalk. He's got a Nike sponsorship. BT Dubs. Wait, when you said the boardwalk, you're talking about Santa Cruz? No, this was San Diego in San Diego somewhere. I I don't know San Diego well, but got it, got it. At San Cruz Beach Boardwalk. In the warm California sun. (laughs) You guys still act like you're not from the South Bay. No, no, I absolutely rep Santa Cruz, but I didn't know we had a commercial. Oh, the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. So I was going to tell you that every time I'm in Santa Cruz, I make it a point for all my Bay Areans out there. You know what Santa Cruz is. I make it a point to go down to the boardwalk and go on that one ride. The haunted house ride. Oh yeah, it's so chintzy. It's one little big it's coffin, so fun. and it just goes in a circle, Love and you like. Duk, 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 yep. duk, it smells duk. like a short circuit, right? Yes, like it's yes. And then you have the grizzly, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, no, that's Great America. You have that. Oh, but yeah. the boardwalk. so fun though. Yeah, it's the wooden roller coaster. Yeah, looks Chris, like it's oh. about to burst D- giant into dipper, flames. Giant Dipper, Giant, giant Dipper, that's dipper. right. And for those of you who've seen the movie Us, that the that's was filmed in Santa Cruz at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Cool, and it's actually that creepy. It really is. Accurate. Also, mm-hmm. bo- Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Lost Boys. Lost Boys, yeah. There, that house yeah. still exists in Santa Cruz, or one of the houses they filmed wow. there. I know this because I went to school there. There we go. And yeah. did you end up following your degree? Actually, I'm a great <laughs> example for this person who, who wrote in because, no, I have not. And What did you study? I was a creative writing major, which is useless. You know, if you like, there's no career set up unless mm. you want to try to be a writer, which is yeah. one of the most competitive right. things to try to be, even though it's also one of the most sought after right. things. So important, though. And it's so important. But I graduated the worst year for graduating college in American history, except for in the Great Depression, which was 2012. And I was, I actually, my first real job out of college, I did campaign work first, but then I worked at an investment bank. Okay, you guys, creative <laughs> writing. And investment banking, Morgan Stanley, those don't go together. But sometimes you have to veer off course just a little bit and the road is not straight, you know, like it's wavy, it's curvy. You kind of kind of have to take a segue or like take a break, um, do something unrelated and you learn from it. Like how you were saying about Marcy, your lawyer, there are probably so many skills from from this law degree that this person is asking or studying in right now that are useful in other contexts of life outside of a courtroom, you know, yeah. like think, take, take whatever you're learning in the moment and like just bring it with you into the next chapter. Exactly. And with that, we're going to take a break because you've got to come back for the next chapter of our fam questions. Stay tuned. Welcome back. We are answering all of your amazing questions today because you my fam and I love being able to just Add a little sprinkle of sauce into your life. So, Marav, do you have another question from one of our fans? Okay. Well, this is another sort of career-related question. Okay. So hopefully you can expand on a little more, which is, why did you decide to pursue a career in entertainment? Why did I decide to pursue entertainment? I didn't decide to. I just put one foot in front of the other in what I love to do, to be really honest with you. 
So naturally, I'm an introvert. I say this all the time and nobody ever believes me. I don't love being in front of a lot of people. I don't, I get super nervous whenever I have to be in front of a big crowd. I can kill it, but I think it's also just that naturally I don't crave it, which also makes a good personality to be in this type of a pressuring city. I notice that my friends that fold are the ones that really want to be famous or really love money Mm. because then they're just doing it for that. Mm -hmm. If they don't make enough money, then they start to crumble or they blow their money on drugs because of the pressures or they start to follow fame, which a lot of famous people do drugs and just fuck a lot and put them in jeopardizing situations. I'm not into that. So I'm kind of a nice boundary away from that. But what I do love to do is entertain people and make people feel good. So when I first started out in makeup, I was just really good in makeup. But really what you do in makeup is you're going face to face with someone. You're standing closer to them than you are in a normal conversation as strangers. And you just make them feel beautiful and you teach them how to feel beautiful. And in between that, you're talking about what they're excited about in their life, what they're getting ready for, what their insecurities are. You get really close to people when you do their makeup. So I got so good at that. I grew in MAC Cosmetics and also really grew in my confidence on how to talk to people. When I'm working with people like Missy Elliott and Sarah Jessica Parker, all of a sudden I'm putting one foot in front of the other and and they're leaning on me to make them look beautiful. Therefore, I just start getting really confident in being able to talk to anybody, whether it's, you know, an A-list celebrity or a person next door. Then I, because my mom taught me to have a really good eye with style and color coordination and body theory, then I was able to start to style celebrities because at the time before, there weren't stylists. So when I would be doing makeup on celebrities they also needed some help with their wardrobe and I would be able to kind of put some things together and and help bring out their silhouette and that kind of just helped build my styling and I'm doing air quotes uh path and to be really honest I started out in a very humble home Vietnamese American household 15 members living in a three-bedroom home and that really led me to being always more associated with the everyday person rather than celebrities. So even though I was getting paid to fly and help celebrities, whenever I'd fly back home and these regular everyday people would ask me, how did you get that smoky look on Missy Elliott? Or how did you get Alicia Keys to put together those three colors and it looked so good on her body? Like I liked helping the regular person than I did the celebrities because I related to them more. I wanted to share with them the secrets of how to make certain makeshift things from Michaels, how to buy vintage, how to cinch clothing so that you show more of your shape and how to kind of trick the camera to make yourself look 10 pounds thinner. Whatever it may be, I was more interested in helping the people. So again, one foot in front of the other, I said, what is the biggest medium that will allow me to help more people than one-to-one at back home in, my, in San Jose? So I said television. At the time, it was only television. Oh, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, like, it, was it was only... technical. You wanted to reach the most people, yes. like, not on a one-on-one, but just Yeah, mass. because there I was at home, and, you know, somebody would say, I'm wow. coming for three o'clock, and I'm, you know, going to bring over three outfits, and you tell me which one I should get rid of. Or I would have people schedule me for a closet consultation, and I would charge $500, and I'd come over to your house, and I would go through your closet and get rid of everything that doesn't look great on you, and then make you a shopping list of things that do look good with on you. And if you paid me by the hour, I would go shopping with you and help you fill up your rack with things that coordinate with the things you already have in your closet. It was a whole business. But I was helping one-to-one-to-one-to-one person. 
So I said, you know what? I really enjoy helping these everyday women than I do the celebrities. How can I spread my message on a greater platform? That was TV. So I drove 50 minutes from San Jose up to San Francisco to the first radio station, which is KTSF. And I pitched to them doing style segments where I taught people makeup or taught them how to style in between their commercials. And 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 it just all kind of you know took off from there. Again, didn't know how to talk to a camera until... I just realized when the camera was on me that it was no different than me being face-to-face with these people when I was doing their makeup or when I was in their closet teaching them how to dress. All of that ended up giving me experience on how to talk into a camera and tell that woman exactly how to get the look even though I'm speaking to millions, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, um, from my from my point of view, to see Jeannie come up was like basically um, one weekend, my brother and I, Jeannie comes up into my, Daniel in my room we have a bunk bed in there, and she's like, "Hey, um, keep your weekend free. I need you guys to come out to um, Santa Cruz with us, right?" So she, so we get in the car. Uh, Daniel's trying. Daniel's making his little movies at the time, his little short movies, where there's like no plot. It's just weird, you know what I mean? It's just really short. art, super artsy and shit like that, like really long takes. And so, anyways, he's making these videos. We so he's trying to do the camera thing. Um, I'm DJing at the time, so I'm doing sound. We get in the car with Jeannie, and she's like, "Look, she she prints out. We print out like a map quest. We just want to go look at like inner, like see weird people, get some footage for her because what she needs to do oh is make. Oh my god, I can't believe you remember this. <clears throat> she needs to make a reel, right? A reel is the res a resume for film people. Essentially, it's wow. like a demo that you would show to people. Yes. And basically, we get in the car with her, and she she has this paper that um she wrote down bullet points. A lot of your notes are still sitting in the attic at the house. And Wait, sometimes you... when I clean out your house, I find stuff, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" Just so humble, like, so. So she went on a website called "So You Wanna Be," right? So you wanna. Oh be my god! A... I remember that was bookmarked on my computer. So you wanna be a television had... host is oh what she god. was trying to Google. You know what I mean? I don't even think it was Google at the time. It was Yahoo. Right, Yahoo and MapQuest. And is so what we you want to be was an amazing website that had everything. It was like, so you want to be a magician. So you want to be a um, tax um, a, 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 a Ta- accountant. Tax. So you want to be a you want to be an accountant. It was so you want to be anything. And I put so you want to be a TV host. Yeah, yeah, man. So okay, so then we. I go, can't believe you found dude, this. Huh? Yeah, dude. There's a bunch of shit like what. You just, didn't throw it away, did you? you? No, never. No, you just have a lot of humble stuff. I'm like, wow. It's like everyone's start. This might like relate to the last question too, as speaking tangentially. But like, if you love it, for sure, fucking do it, right? There's no question about. It. If you even like it, like even a modicum of like, try it anyways because mm. it's not. It's like Marav said. It's 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 not a straight route. Everyone's journey is different, and even in the process of failing, you're gonna find like other shit, and you just go do. That's why. The people who aren't using their degree, they're not, they don't hate life. You know what I mean? Maybe some, but it's, it's still, it's still chill, you know? So, so we go to, uh, we go to Santa Cruz and we literally start helping her film. She's like, she's trying to break it down to us. So I, I, guys, I want to be a television host and this is what I need to do. I need to make a reel. So you guys are going to walk around and film. Uh, what are we going to film, Jeannie? Well, we're going to look for like eccentric stuff. Like, you know, like there was a guy who had like stuck a bunch of like plastic toys to his like Volkswagen Beetle. You know what I mean? These I'm ty- dying these that Dennis of, is remembering this. I have to be honest right, with you guys. Yeah. I don't remember any of this because I did a lot of drugs when I was in high school. I did a lot of drugs too, but we're just very different I people. I just have a bad and, memory. This is crazy. And it's crazy. Yeah, her, so she she just, yeah, I don't know. But but the thing is, I think it's like a jar and you're very busy. 
So you can only remember so much. So okay. like Marav's got you going around everywhere. You're not going to pick up the little nuances. You know what okay. I mean? Okay. So that's so what, what that's happened? What I think Did we interview the guy with the uh, stuff on his truck? We interviewed, we interviewed everybody, all the weirdos, like just everybody. And um, that's all it took. Like It started from mm. that. That and little, that, that's fucking seed you know what I mean and and just to piggyback off of what you just said Dennis what's interesting is I don't know how to interview like you don't I never got taught that but I lived in a house well at home it was me and my brothers and my mom and my dad and then we sponsored the rest of my dad's family over from Vietnam that couldn't escape so you had a household full of a young generation of me and my brothers and then you had an older generation ranging from what 80 years old of my grandma and grandpa down to like 20 year old aunts and they all spoke Vietnamese so I felt like I kind of played host in my house as I would meld the the questions and answers and conversations in Vietnamese and English kind of like Goi was one of my aunts and she was learning how to speak English so I would say Goi how was your day today <laughs> tell everybody how your day was See, you guys Goi so went crazy. to Mission College and she took two classes today and she's very excited because her day went great right Goi and she'd be like yes today good for me you know and she's answering but I was hosting and I didn't know it you know and then again going back to doing makeup and just loving doing makeup and doing style but I was close knit with these women and getting very intimate about the bulges they didn't like their 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 eyes that they felt were too saggy um, and knowing how to talk them back up because when you're I remembered one thing is when you're so close to people that you can actually see the the inflections in their eyes when you when you hit a light bulb and you encourage them to to look better feel better about themselves you start to learn how to use the right words you know it's kind of like when you ask somebody to um, wish you luck if someone's just like good luck break a leg it doesn't really mean something to you but if someone looks at you and they're like hey you are an amazing dancer there's moves that you do that I've never seen mm. from anybody before it draws an emotion inside me I can't wait to see you perform tonight that is going to make you go out there and soar and so I know how to speak to women specifically because I know what will make a woman really internalize something and take it home from herself not just you are special you are unique there's nobody like you and so you know I mean that works for some people but women like to hear specifics so they can marinate in it themselves and start to speak that way for themselves and so that was one thing on how I learned how to interview Dennis and then that reel I actually learned that because I, I stole a tape from that KTSF uh, okay interview so I went to KTSF and I asked for an internship I asked that I could work logging tapes and so they I logged news tapes so if somebody covered a fire in Oakland or it was like a robbery you know in Fremont there, there would be tapes and I would log write write the dates on them and log them into the the system and then put the tapes in the hard copies somewhere else and I remember newscasters would come and they would apply for the job and they would submit their tapes with their headshot well I stole one of them and took it home and I watched it and that's how I learned what a reel was and it was basically clip after clip after clip after clip of them speaking into the camera with exciting news thingies but because I wanted to be a TV host I thought I don't have news and I don't want to talk news because news is very yeah, yeah, it's very robotic, you know, where I wanted to show. Too. Yes, yeah. and I and at the time, the host that I would see was MTV, like TRL. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And so I thought more, more, more excitement, more personality. So that's why we went looking for loonies. Yeah, and Santa Cruz Santa is full Cruz. of obsessed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot, lot of color. Lot of I would color. die to find my original too. reel. Do you think we can find it? Do you have? I, it? Do you, I think you you have a lot of. Stuff. It's like 
remarkable man. Like, Where's it at? Where are you talking top, about? I talk about in the in, in the, the attic. attic. In the attic. Yeah. Are my diaries up there? By the way, I used but, to keep a lot of diaries. Yeah, you, you have some. Diaries. Oh, geez, read them all. This is crazy. Oh, no, my brothers read my diary back. No, I don't do. I don't read. When my, <laughs> when my siblings read my diary, it was one of the most traumatic things in my life. Oh, I I remember dying. Yours did yours have a lock on it? No, but <laughs> after I like literally went in and started scribbling over it and writing about my own entries saying, it was a joke with no E, it's a joke. Because I was afraid oh of having it read God. again by my siblings. Like, I'm not serious. <sighs> yeah, that's trauma. That's, so and you're the youngest, kids. right? Yes. Yeah, and that's why they were yes. all on you. Yes. Whereas I was ironically the oldest, but the oldest of two reckless brothers. Mm -hmm. So they had a whole bunch of fun like breaking into my diary. I remember when you guys clipped my little lock on my Hello yeah, Kitty. Yeah, just a mechanical thing, but we didn't like <laughs> read it. You know what I mean? I didn't read it. Daniel maybe. Daniel was crazy. Daniel was crazy. Daniel was very, Daniel he was like was a monkey. He would yeah. hide under my bed and, <laughs> and wait to see what kind of oh, makeup I would dude, use. Dude, you, youngest you know sibling that? protocol. Because because <laughs> you lied to him. Uh, probably about what? Because you lied to him. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you got <laughs> one time he sees you walk out, right? He's like, "Oh, how's your eyes do that? Like they're so big, right?" And you're like, uh, "I don't know, like, like why? It was your lashes or something? Your lashes and your eyeliner." He's like, "Your eyes are so big. Like, do you wear makeup, right?" And you're like, "No, what are you talking about, right?" So like, you should go. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to work now, right? <laughs> she would just lie to us, right? Anyways, she kept doing this, right? And he's like, "God, I." I don't know what makeup is, but I swear that looks like makeup, right? And then oh so he hides God. under her bed and he waits, right? This fool crawled into my room. I, I woke up and went to the bathroom. So that was like 7 a.m. He crawled into the room at some point. So from 7 a.m. I took a little bit more of a snooze and then woke up and then started doing my makeup. So he hid there the whole fucking time. Yeah. And ended up waiting so that when he saw me go sit at my vanity and start to apply makeup, he jumped out and he said, it's not natural, you liar. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you weirdo. What is wrong yeah. with you? Oh my God, Holy that's God. hilarious. Yeah. That's embarrassing. I, I remember laugh. that. Yeah. And then um, I think with, well, just when we're talking about this, what really humbles me is how much I know you guys are learning about the family. I'm learning about the family too, because mm. we all have our own perspectives. Right. And um, yeah, so that's, that's that uh, is that's really cool, actually. Thing. You're right. Oh, I yeah. love that you remembered that, Dennis, because I don't remember that at all. But I know that I have lots of footage that equipped me to come to L.A. and yeah. actually have something to show for it. Because yeah. I, I really I didn't fake it till I make it because I don't want to think that I was fake about it. There's nothing fake about the actual talent I had. I just faced it till I made it. You know what I mean? I just kind of like put on the right face and just kept going, 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 going. How do you, you need a reel? I'll get a reel. You need me to have a resume? I'll put some shit on a resume. I'll go get some experience put on a resume. Like well, I just and I think it. by saying fake it, you mean because you had no formal education or training Correct. in the field that you were Correct. doing. Yeah. And that's just to say, like, Good if you point. have natural talent or something comes natural to you, like you can you can just do it. You're not inauthentic or fake just because you don't have a degree backing it up. Right. Like you can be a you know, you can self educate and self teach yourself and that doesn't make it any less real. So, Absolutely. You know? yeah. To answer your question, I definitely recommend that whatever you're good at, it doesn't have to be about the occupation. It's what are this what is the skill set? Sometimes worry more about what your talents are than what the job uh, occupation is. Like just because you're good with numbers doesn't mean you might want to sit in a tax office all day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Just if you're great with numbers, you might want to be the person who's figuring out the analytics of a, 
a, a YouTube um, personality or YouTube show. If you like numbers, you could also um, do the numbers for a hit um, network. I, my neighbor is hates doing math, but she loves doing the accounting for big shows at NBC. You know, so it, it, it's about the talent. So for me, I loved connecting with people, empowering women, and entertaining. So I put that together and became a, a television host. If I had just aimed for to become an actress, I don't know if I'd end up exactly where I am right now because I was focused on TV. You know what yeah. I mean? All right. So I really appreciate these questions, you guys. Thank you so much for submitting them. I'm going to make sure I do this again, and every time I do, I ask out on the DM. Uh, for you guys to send me questions and me and Marav always collect them and please do subscribe to this podcast that's why Listen Honey exists share it with your friends and my brother is trolling your guys' reviews he shares them with me from um, Apple Podcasts so anywhere that you can review rate this podcast let me know what you think and of course on my comment section of my Instagram too and I really appreciate you yeah we're just starting guys so don't get mad at us but we're gonna try to get a listen honey uh, IG up so that we can start this conversation that you know this back and forth I can't believe you got the hmm? IG handle you're yeah. so smart I, I was just scared <laughs> I did that out of fear because <laughs> we can't spell yeah. it was H-U-N-N-A-Y right because it can't be H-O-N-E-Y oh motherfucker no. <laughs> I hate that. you anyway yeah, have a beautiful week everybody I love you